0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org.
1: Shalom and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today we will be learning Masechet Rosh Hashanah eight. Today's Daf begins with a discussion about the second New Year, the second Rosh Hashanah, that is discussed in the first Mishnah of this tractate. Bechad beElul Rosh Hashanah laMaAsar <laughs> BeHema, Rabbi Elazar Rabbi Shimon Omer Bechad beTishrei. The first day of Elul is the new year for tithing cattle. Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Shimon say it is on the first day of Tishrei. The Mishnah presents a very clear disagreement. According to the first opinion, the first day of Elul is the cutoff point after which animals that are born are not allowed to be used for tithing on behalf of animals be born before the first of Elul. According to the second opinion, the cutoff point is the first day of Tishrei one month later. I'm less interested in the actual tithing of animals than with the problem that the Gemara addressed and the answer provided. The Torah does not provide any cut-off date for the tithing, an, tithing of animals. So how is it that two different opinions developed that proposed two different dates? The Gemara's answer is that both of these dates, the first of Elul and the first of Tishrei, were both arrived at through interpretation of a biblical verse. What is unique about the Gemara's answer is that Mikra Echad Darshu Both of the opinions are based upon an interpretation of the same verse. According to the 3rd century Eretz Yisraelian Amora Rabbi Yochanan, both opinions are based upon Psalm 65, verse 14. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks, the valleys deck themselves with grain, they shout and sing together for joy. So how can two different opinions have the same source of the Biblical verse? The Gobara's explanation is to divide the verse up into three different parts. Both opinions in the Mishnah ask the question, when do the meadows clothe themselves with flocks? According to the first opinion, it is when the valleys deck themselves with grain, while according to the second opinion, it is when they shout and sing together with joy. Without going into how the Gemara understands the valleys deck themselves to joy, how that means the first of Elul, and how they shout and sing together for joy means the first of Tishrei, the process itself is illustrative of the way in which Mishnaic law was understood to be generated by the interpretation of biblical verses, with conflicting opinions sometime having their source in the same verse. The Gemara goes on to interpret the next clause in the Mishnah. The first day of Tishrei is the new year for the reckoning of years. Understandably, the Gemara wants to know what is so important about reckoning or counting the years. The answer, according to Rabbi Papa, is: it is because of legal documents. shtarot, meaning that in order for documents to be valid, they needed a proper dating system. Simple enough, except that it isn't so simple. Because on the very first page of this mesechet, commenting on an earlier clause in the Mishnah, the first day of Nisan is the new year for kings, the following can be found. What is the purpose of this rule? Said Rav Chista, it is because of legal documents Shtarot. So the Gemara is now confronted with two statements by two different Amoraim about the source in the Mishnah for learning about the proper dating of years when it comes to the use of documents Shtarot. The Gemara solves this apparent contradiction in an interesting way. The answer is that Jewish kings date documents from the first of Nisan, while non-Jewish kings date documents from the first of Tishrei. While the interpretation that the meaning of the clause in the Mishnah, the first day of Tishrei, is the new year for the reckoning of years, refers to documents Sharot is reasonable, the Gemara brings another interpretation of this clause, one that begins a longer discussion that a longer discussion that resonates much more with the modern observance and understanding of the first of Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah. According to Rav Nachmin bar Yitzchak, the first day of Tishrei means that is for the reckoning of years. Ladin, Dichtiv <speaking> Enei Hashem <Hebrew> ba shana vi nidon. Quoting Deuteronomy 11.12, Rav Ber Yitzchak said the following, To the final judgment, the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, which means from the beginning of the year what will occur at the end of the year is determined. According to this interpretation, we begin to see the development of an understanding that the first of Tishrei Rosh Hashanah, the new year, is a day on which we are judged. In the Gemara's discussion of the first day of Tishrei as the day of judgment, an interesting Taneidic Midrash on Psalms 8.14 is brought. For it is a statute for Israel, Ki Chok L'Israel Hu. Based upon this verse, I only know that the people of Israel will be judged. From what scriptural verse do I know that the other nations of the world will also be judged? Scripture states, in the continuation of this verse, An ordinance for the God of Jacob, Mishpat Lelohe Yaakov. The Midrash continues and asks a clarifying question about this interpretation. Since this is an ordinance of the God of Jacob applies to all people, if this is the case that all people will be judged, why then did Scripture need to state, for it is a statute for Israel? If the biblical words and ordinance for the house of for the God of Jacob Mishpat Leleh Yaakov are understood to refer to all the nations of the world including Israel why is there a need to also specify and say for it is a statute of, for Israel Kihokli Israel hu The Midrash is now forced to put forth an interpretation of Kihokli Israel hu for it is a statute for Israel that will add something that we previously didn't know The Midrash continues The statement, for it is a statute for Israel, accordingly, must teach us some additional otherwise unknown fact. It teaches that the people of Israel will go forth first to be judged. The conclusion being that we need the entirety of the verse in order to know not only that all the nations of the world are judged on the first of Tishrei, but that Israel will be judged first. On this same page of Talmud, the Gemara is even able to sneak in a few things about Yom Kippur one of them being a discussion about the blowing of the shofar to mark the jubilee year, Shnat Tayovel. The Gemara inquires about the exact date on which a slave was freed during the jubilee year. It would seem that the slave would be set free immediately when the year begins on Rosh Hashanah. But the shofar to mark the Yovel was blown on Yom Kippur, as you read in Leviticus 25.9, Then you shall have the trumpet sounded loud on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, you shall have the trumpet sounded throughout all your land. So are slaves freed on the first day of Tishrei or on the 10th of the month? The Gemara answers with the following. From the new year on the first of Tishrei of the Jubilee year, through the day of atonement on the 10th of Tishrei, slaves are neither set free to return to their homes nor forced to serve their masters. Rather, they eat, drink, and rejoice with wreaths on their heads. Once the Day of Atonement arrived, the court sounded the trumpet, the slaves are set free to return to their homes, and the fields are returned to their original owners. The release was to be gradual. A slave was not to be released right away. Rather, they were freed, but they had 10 days of transitional celebration before they were allowed to return to their home. Thank you for listening to Daily Deaf Differently, Leith wrote, and see you at the next stuff.